Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapters 12 and 13 with selected verses, and through the gospel of Luke, chapter 22, 14 through 16. I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles, or you can look to the screens. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of the month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be one year old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or their young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it in the sides and the tops of the door frames of their houses where they eat the animal. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency for this is the Lord's Passover. On the night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among Israelites. The first offering to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. So Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever the day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today, the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Remember, eat no food containing yeast. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. From the Gospel of Luke. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Good to see you all here today and all of you at home. Welcome to our worship service. Um, just one question, everybody ready for the game tonight? Come on, come on, woohoo! Hopefully all of you at home have your gear on. Now some of you may know that uh, we try to eat the food that would represent the team that we're playing. So we are playing the Vikings, yes, Jake Finnefrock, um, he and I have a bit of a rivalry. So Minnesota Vikings, what kind of food do you think we would be eating. Tuna casserole. It's the land of casseroles is Minnesota. Good grief, okay. I look forward to that one. 
Well, this morning, we are looking at the most important holiday in the Jewish religion and really in the Christian religion, too. The Passover meal was the beginning of the liberation of the Jews from slavery, and it is the basis for why we celebrate communion today. Last week, I had said that the Old Testament is the foundation for the teachings of Jesus. We cannot understand or appreciate the person and the ministry of Jesus Christ without knowing the Old Testament. It'd be like starting a movie right in the middle and trying to catch up with the story. You would have missed the meaning and what you really need to be able to understand the end. And Passover, it was the setting for the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples. He instituted that meal for, a me for us today with a special meaning behind it. Now, how familiar are you with Passover? Maybe you've had the opportunity to participate in a Seder meal, a Seder dinner. This is the meal that kicks off the uh, season of Passover. Well, years ago, we had a man named Mitch Glazier, who was a Christian Jew, come and lead us through a real traditional Seder upstairs in Fellowship Hall. Now, one of the items that was included on this table, at each table, because there's a different food that represents a different part of the Passover story, was the uh, horseradish, because that would represent the bitter enslavement of the Israelites. Well, my husband, who only likes food if it makes him break out in a sweat, decided to take a full bite of this root even after he'd been warned, it was not like that creamed horseradish you buy in the grocery store. Well, he took a bite, and he stopped breathing. That was before we had cell phones, but there was a wall phone up in the kitchen upstairs, and I looked at Ralph Fry and said, he's not breathing. He and Bob Dings grabbed him by each arm and hauled him out in the hall, called 911. I remember thinking, well, I won't tell you what I thought, but I remember thinking about what the headline in the MI Reporter would have said that week. Bitter herbs lead to bitter ending at Mercer Island Covenant Seder dinner. Well, they obviously got him uh, back on his feet, so all, all was well, but he did learn a lesson. Now, I want to go back and look at the context for this Passover meal, and I very much appreciated Scrappy and Rascal catching us up from last week so we could be reminded of what was happening with that Joseph story. Last week, the story of Joseph left off with him being in this position of authority and respect. He was Pharaoh's right-hand man. Now, about 300 years had passed from the end of Genesis to where we are today in Exodus. And we think six months feels like a long time. Well, Exodus 1.8 tells us that the new Pharaoh who came into power had no knowledge of Joseph. There was no recollection of that relationship. You see, all the generation had died out now and the promise made to Abraham was being realized because the Israelites at this point had greatly multiplied. And that made Pharaoh very nervous. He was threatened by their numbers, and so 
He enslaved them to squelch any idea that they could overpower him. Well, after being enslaved by the Egyptians, the people cry out to God, and God calls Moses to lead the people from Egypt to freedom. However, Pharaoh is not willing to let them go. So God sends a series of 10 plagues to convince Pharaoh to release the Israelites. You can go back and read about all those plagues, but he kept changing his mind and not letting them go. But this last plague, what we're gonna look at today, was about to come and finally, Pharaoh was going to let God's people go. And that's where our story, or God's story, begins today. Please pray with me. Lord, we come before you today as people who too are part of your continuing story. As we explore this meal and find spiritual meaning in it for us today, may we better understand your grace and provision that reminds us of the hope we have because of you choosing to become our Passover lamb. Give us open hearts and minds to see how our story intersects with your story of deliverance and freedom. Your name we pray, amen. Well, verse one, as Elise read for us, says, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave these following instructions to uh, Moses and his brother Aaron. From now on, he says, this month will be the first month of the year for you. You see, this coming deliverance from Egypt was such a significant act of God that he told the Israelites to remake their calendar according to it. The new year would now start with the month of their freedom from Egypt. It was a dramatic way of saying everything is about to change. Now, I think we all have events in our life that are markers of a significant time of change good or bad, things that we look at and we go, oh, that was before that, or that was after that. Sometimes we see our spiritual birth or a baptism as a time when we can say that this was a change in my life where I saw a difference. Right now, we are saying, oh, that was before COVID, that's right. And someday we'll be able to say, oh, that was after we were dealing with COVID because this has dramatically changed all of our lives too. The instructions were to select a male sheep or goat without defect. They were to slaughter it in the evening of the 14th day at twilight, and then take the blood and smear it over the door and on the sides of the doorpost. They were to roast the meat and eat it with very specific items in mind. They were to eat it fully dressed and ready to go. On the night, on that night, all the firstborn male Egyptians would be put to death. And it is thought that this could have been some kind of a payback for the murder of all the male Hebrew boys during Moses' infancy. Verse 12 says, on that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
The plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Just let that sink in for a minute. What would that feel like? What would that look like to think about this horrific act happening? You see, up to this point, God takes complete initiative in protecting the Israelites from the punishments that he has inflicted on the Egyptians. But now something has changed. He's going to require them to do their part in claiming that divine protection. They had to participate in their own salvation, so to speak. Not believing in the method and then following through with these instructions, it would bring death to the family. Now we know what happens. Death comes to the Egyptian homes and Pharaoh has finally, finally had enough and he lets those Israelites go. But the next chapter, chapter 13, they have left Egypt now, and God tells Moses to dedicate the firstborn, both humans and animals, as they belong to him. This requirement that his people dedicate to him every firstborn, it's supposed to commemorate the Israelites' deliverance from Egypt, help them remember. Now, doesn't it seem like such a dramatic event could never have been far from their minds? How could they not remember to trust in God's power after seeing that? How could they ever question his faithfulness? Well, it doesn't take much time, and later on, indeed, they do forget as they question God's deliverance when they hit the desert and food is hard to come by. It's easy to judge, though, isn't it? Don't we do the same thing? God's deliverance in our own life also gets forgotten when next this seemingly impossible situation arises and we are crying out to God again. God knew that they would need this meal as a reminder. He wanted them to make sure that each generation to come would not forget. Chapter 13, verse 3 says, This is a day to remember forever. The day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. And verse 8 says, On the seventh day you must explain to your children I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. So how does this story apply to your story and my story? Do you have a story of deliverance or of God's story of faithfulness that needs to be passed on and then remembered? We all have our Egypts physical, emotional, spiritual places of slavery. It could be slavery to a habit or an attitude. It could be you are a slave to wanting to control a situation because you just can't trust God for it. I could go on, but you fill in the blank. I think recounting all the ways that God has delivered us in the last six months is a way we can encourage each other. 
I look back and I am amazed at how God has worked in me and in our church. In some ways, we were all slaves to doing things our own way, slaves to doing more than being more. Perhaps we need to come up with a special COVID meal that would represent God's faithfulness, like that Passover meal. Something that you started eating or something that would commemorate for you when COVID hit, and every March we could have that meal together. The Passover meal was so that the Israelites would never forget their freedom from slavery, but its meaning and significance did not end there. You see, this meal, this Passover meal, pointed to the ultimate sacrifice that would deliver not just from earthly slavery, but from spiritual slavery. The blood of the sinless Lamb of God would also protect from death, eternal death. The Gospel of Luke tells us that when the time came and the apostles sat down together at the table, Jesus said, and this is only recorded in Luke, I have been eager to eat the Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God or when Jesus returns. The original Passover meal was looking forward to the one that Jesus was sharing with his disciples on that night. He was the fulfillment as his body was broken and his blood was shed. He was using this meal as a visual aid so that for years to come, as his disciples continued to observe Passover, they could understand the full meaning of it, the reality that he was the Passover lamb. Today, we celebrate and commemorate the Passover meal fulfilled in the life, death, resurrection, and ultimate return of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God by participating in Holy Communion. We too, like the Israelites, have to appropriate that sacrifice though. They had to smear the blood on the door in order to be saved. And we, we have to believe and claim the divine protection of Jesus' blood for our eternal salvation. So where do you see yourself in this story of Passover? From what do you need deliverance today? Hopelessness? Fractured relationship? A health issue? Are you looking for your deliverance in a person, a place, or a thing? God alone is your deliverer. I know, as I have tried all those things myself, and to no avail. Are you in the habit of recalling what the Lord has done in the past so that you can have hope for the future? Jesus instituted this sacrament as he knew we would forget his sacrifice and his ultimate return. And just as God gave physical elements to the Israelites in giving them the meal that would point them to Jesus, he has done the same for us with the bread and the cup. Visible signs 
of invisible grace. Communion is about remembering. Please pray with me. Lord God of grace and liberty, on the night of the Passover, you sacrificed a lamb as a sign of freedom, thereby freeing the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. And in the night of Jesus' final meal, you sacrificed your only son as a gift, thereby freeing all humanity from sin and eternal death. Help us live into this new life, teaching us to serve you in faithfulness as you have served us. To you we offer our gratefulness in the name of the one who turned slavery into new life. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.